afternoon. It's definitely after five and I am really pleased to welcome Geraldine Rossiter here tonight for our uh, Capital EA After Five podcast, talking all things transition and uh, career moves, you know, in our EA career. Um, Geraldine uh, was the executive assistant to the CEO of the Canberra Southern Cross Club and she has just recently transferred over, well, and got herself a new job <laughs> as Senior Executive Officer, Capital Health Network. And Geraldine, I just want to welcome you here tonight. It's really great to have you. We do have a little bit of wine in our glasses, um, which is nice because it's Friday <laughs> it night. It is Friday, yes. I wanted you to start by letting our audience know um, a little bit about you and where you've come from and what you've done. And then we'll take it away with some questions about moving on from your EA job into uh, another job. Yep. I've just uh, started my new job. I've finished my second week. Um, And prior to that, I was working for the CEO of the Canberra Southern Cross Club for five years and in a private sector job. But before that, I was in the public sector. So I started in the public service um, over 10 years ago at Super. I was in the call centre for two years and then I got my first EA role working to the head of corporate services there and I worked for him for about 12 months until he retired and that was a APS4 role. Then I got my APS5 position at uh, AusAid and was there for uh, four and a half years I think it was about and then of course we became which became DFAT, and then I went on to um, the EA role at the Canberra Southern Cross Club. Yep. Yeah, and here you are today. Um, I had the fortunate, um, I suppose, occurrence of meeting you. Actually, first I actually got an email from you a number of months ago, maybe over a year ago, inquiring yep. about some coaching services. And um, now since getting to know you and understanding where that need came from, uh, I think there, there was some decision-making that you were kind of pondering at the time and I'd love to hear a little bit about what kind of process or what kind of things you were thinking about moving and and what were some of the constraints you felt you had in moving from one job you've been in quite comfortably you know for a number of years to think about you know what else is out there for you can you talk to our viewers about you know yeah what were some of the constraints you were feeling about making the transition? I think a lot of the times we can get a little bit caught up in the loyalty for uh, particularly our bosses if we've worked with them for quite some time and but uh, sometimes I don't know I often get to the point where I go hmm I think I've done all that I can do here am I happy with just this could there be more do I want more Mm. and of course when you get a little bit older and I'm nearly not quite 50 yet just told everyone how old I am but the older you get the, the harder that can be to sort of consider that because we all get a little bit comfortable but then I often get to a point where I go window shopping um, when I start feeling like that is what I call it and I'll go on Seek or LinkedIn and I'll just sort of look at what's out there and go, okay, well, this is what I'm doing now. If I want to do more or be more, what is it? What's the skills or what is what are the extra things that maybe I need to be in? And have I done a bit more than what I did in my last job, which means maybe I could do a little bit more again? So and meeting with Ursula helped me um, realise that I did have some greater added value, um, mm-hmm. which um, led to the role that I had today. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's good. And, and, you know, I guess a lot of people do come to us for, yeah, two things. Often they can do it on their own and they, they have everything in sight and they do know what they want. And it could just be an affirmation from our end saying, yeah, I agree, you know, that there's definitely, you're, you're, you're definitely on time and we should be looking at something. Or it could be uh, a lack of confidence in kind of being pushed out of the comfort zone that you're in. So, you know, I'm really glad that's worked for you. Have you found, um, you know, along with the loyalty, you know, which I, th- I do think is a is a problem or a problem, not, I suppose, yeah, I suppose it is a problem in terms of as EAs generally we do get into, we need to be loyal, you know, to be able to do our job properly. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we progress in being loyal to others? And, you know, I know it's only been a couple of weeks in that role, but how do you, how have you been looking at building that relationship and that loyalty? Uh, with your new boss it's building up that that trust and that level of confidence again and being a great great EA you know you you already have that ability in you you just need to show that to to your new boss and I think as EAs we have that natural confidence within us we all know that we coach our executives at some point into our abilities and how much that we can do and in the early days they may be can't quite see it yet, but we all know that we have our ways of being able to just show them that, yes, you can count on me. If you need something done, I'll do it for you. And if you ask me before you ask anybody else, I'll give you the answer of what you need quicker than anybody else can. Mm-hmm. And um, once you've done that a little bit, they start to rely on you more and more. So, for example, today my boss was in Sydney attending meetings and she's been emailing me throughout the day asking me for things and I'll send them back to her straight away. And over the course of the last week, whenever she's asked me for something, she knows I'm always there already after the second week. Mm -hmm. So you'll build that up again whilst you always have that with every boss that you've worked for you can very quite quickly have that again with that new person that you work with. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. And, you know, there is uh, there is some time constraints on a need to just work and, and manage that relationship and engagement and loyalty as the, as the time or months go on. Some of us can form that relationship really quickly and others we take a lot longer and we're not sure why, even though we're doing the things, you know, that, are, that you're mm. doing or saying. It can maybe be the... From the executive's perspective, that that's what's holding you back. Sometimes you don't often know what their previous experience has been. Maybe they haven't had an assistant work for them before or not for very long. And maybe if they did, maybe that person let them down. And so sometimes with some of them, it takes a little bit longer for that trust to build up. And you just have to keep giving it time and and in the end... Yeah. You you get there. As we know, they're all they're all different. They have all different personalities, but eventually you mm. get there. Yeah. And just out of interest, Jerry, how long, you know, with your previous boss, manager, how long did that trust take to build up with um, him or her? Oh, it was a gradual process over probably eighteen months to two years before I think that he really and even then I don't think he fully let go. He was always the type of person that would quite happily book himself a plane flight and then occasionally booked it the wrong way. But <laughs> <laughs> I think they but, can do it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but but that's okay. That was that was just the way 
he worked and um, but with some of my other bosses it's been immediate within within a month or within a couple of weeks it hasn't take it hasn't taken long before but they are all different as well mm. so and you know given that that you know what that first that position taking one to two years you know 18 months to build up what did you find that you needed to pull on in order to get through those through that time of, of waiting for that um, of work to come over I he had weekly meetings with his direct reports and so very soon I um, made sure that we had one together because I knew that that was that was my moment that um, I had to ask him anything and to plan ahead he would often not have anything to talk to me about in those meetings but I would come in with a list and in the end he knew that that I would and that I'd always have good content and something to talk about I was the forward planner and with a lot of the projects that we were working on and so while he was thinking of everyday things I'd be the person that was thinking of the things coming up in the next three months or the next six months or the next 12 months and Mm. so often I'd mention it as a topic of something we need to start thinking about and then you know a couple of um, weekly meetings later, we'd be getting more in depth because I'd planted the seed in his brain, and then and then away the the filter would mm. would come out. I would always move if I had to move my meeting, I would, but I would never cancel it because it was the one time that I knew I really needed to make sure where I was up to. And also, the one thing I always ever said to him, and I knew most of the time he'd say, "No, no, I don't need anything." Was is there anything else that you need? Is there anything else that I can do for you this week today? Is there anything else I can do to support you? And sometimes he'd go, oh, yes, actually there is one other thing. Can you look after this for me? Or sometimes he'd go, no, no, I think that's a, that's all I need right now. Thank you. But I'd always check in and ask. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they need to be almost coached a little bit or just tweaked and just, okay, don't forget, I'm here if mm-hmm. you need anything. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And it does validate that you're there for the right reasons and that he's got you mm. there for those sort of things and, yeah, it's a really good routine to get into. Yep. So, Jerry, you know, with the, the with the t- uh, role change, there's become a title change as well, mm-hmm. executive assistant to senior executive officer. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and where you can see your role differing and where that might where you might end up, and I know, again, it's really early days, but, you know, what do you foresee as being different in those two roles? I'd say I'm probably more as a link between the executive team and the CEO, more of that uh, one on, not just one-on-one support, but um, that link of carrier of information and the person who can get things done and have the team around her to support her but be the link in the chain. Mm. Yeah. Nice, nice. And I presume that's a promotion, the role? Yes. Yes, yes. fabulous, fabulous. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with the transition, again, because this is the topic that we want to get to, other than coming to us and getting a little bit of um, advice along the way, which was basically just cementing your thoughts, mm. you know, what What else do you find, you know, you would grab, let's say we weren't here, mm-hmm. what sort of things would have you had to, you know, did you, do you think writing a pros and cons list or, you know, on roles or how, how would have you made those steps, do you think, for instance, to I, get out? I would have compared the actual tasks, roles and responsibilities that I had in my current position and then how that ties in with something at the next step. Okay, yeah, okay. And so do you find that 
you know, to get into so transitioning and thinking about a new role, let's say, you know, this one's come about through, you know, people we know and we like to fit people in the right area, but there's not a lot of EAs that know that or there's not a lot of EAs that use that or, or you know, some of the use recruitment agencies, obviously, mm. like Hayes and other large organisations. And so I guess, you know, the question is, is, you know, how much of you did you think about through this process, like, you know, where you wanted to be, the environment you wanted to work in and, you know, I, I kind of help guide that. But, you know, in normal circumstances you'd have to think about yeah. those sort of things. You know, had you thought about that uh, when you were in your desk job and working away and thinking, where do I want to be? Where do, what's the, the part of your window shopping, as you say? Yes, yeah. Did any jump out as being, oh, this could be good? Yeah, I guess in comparing it, uh, uh, no, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult in, if you're in the public sector to compare yourself as being in the private sector as well but um, again you just need to match those roles and responsibilities but then you need to do a bit of a blue sky thinking about okay where is it do I want to work and by looking at other roles that are out there you can start to finally see where you match yourself so for example at the um, at the Canberra Southern Cross Club, I did a lot of board secretariat work. I got my certificate in governance practice because my boss was the company secretary, but I guided him a lot with asset compliance and corporations law. So I built up skills there for that. And I went, well, how can I then, now I've got these skills, what can that then lead me to now? And then you need to do a little bit of other thinking. And I think as EAs, we often forget that we're actually quite knowledgeable about business and how it works and the businesses that we work in and so you think a little bit more about okay so what's what's out there that is um, attracting the most employment at the moment and the health sector is one of them and so working out within the health sector if you were putting on your risk hat <laughs> is probably a good move. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, granted, yeah, it yeah. is. It's one of the yeah. most, you know, largest topics out there at the moment and yeah. something that's never going to go away. Mm. So it's a, it's a sure thing, which is good. Yeah. And so the training, you know, it comes to training and that, that course that you did and that mm-hmm. extra training development, did you have many opportunities to, in your role as EA to the CEO, to do some training and development? Mm. Yes, well, yeah. a couple of years in, um, the former company secretary re- resigned and um, my boss took on the responsibility but had not been in that position before. So immediately I had to get trained up so that I could be able to support him in, in doing that. So I did um, the practical skills of company secretary course, which was a small portion module of the um, governance certificate. And then after I did that, the following year I I asked him and said, okay, I'd like to do some more training in that because I know it's relevant to the work that we do, so I'd like to complete my certificate. So sometimes we forget to ask for the training that that we want in that performance um, appraisal discussion or whatever whatever we call them. There's many different (laughs) titles for them now. But um, many years ago, because I know for some reason they are the most unprepared for that discussion with their EA there. You know, you block, you block yourself an hour like everybody else and you're in and out the door within 15 minutes and uh, you've done all the talking, you've prepared everything and, and they've just agreed. gone, oh, yeah, everything's great. Thank you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that's, 
that's your that's your moment. So I've always I've always just kept a little just a simple word doc on my desktop or in my in my personal drive where if I've done something that was a little bit outside of the norm or did something extra that worked, I always wrote it down so that then when it came to that part of the year, I already had those ex, those things where I could say, okay, these are my achievements. This is what I did, and then at the end, think about what is that training, what is that thing that you'd like to do in 12 months and um, it can be relevant to your job now but maybe it's just something that that you've wanted to do mm, and a great idea. don't be afraid to put that in and ask because that's probably the best opportunity you've got to ask your executive for something that you need personally for your own professional development. Mm. And I like the fact, well, it's not so much as a positive thing but it's interesting to know even in the private sector you know, the managers don't take those sessions seriously <laughs> because in the public sector they never do either. So it's interesting that you... In, they do, but they look at it in the same way, you know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you've, well, you've done a great job. So um, now down to the form, yeah, tick, 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 sign. <laughs> I know. I used to experience it myself and it was always difficult even to fill in the blooming things because they're written for policymakers or, you yes. know, they're not really written for EAs. And, no, you no. You know, it's very hard to put in key milestones and different different things that they've got, you know, on their form. So, okay, that's, yeah, it's interesting that you've endured that as well. So, well, that's really, that's really insightful, Jerry. And so with the, with the transition, um, you know, was there times where you were going home and talking to your hubby about, you know, where your next steps would be and, and how that looked, you know, that work-life balance and how you're going to interweave the new role, you know, did you, did you have to sort of grapple around that or was it just you and hubby kind of just go with the flow and end up wherever you are, when, you know, in that terms, wherever your lives are, you just make it happen and work? Yeah, we do. We we always support each other in whatever it is that we do, but um, we'll sit down and have a bit of a good conversation about, okay, what's the, what's the pluses, what's the minuses, and we'll always support the other person. We in life have always switched a little bit between who maybe has the busier job um, the more responsibility and that person always gets the most support from the other person so we've been married for over 20 years now but when we first met I was a chef for 15 years and when we first met I was a sous chef and I was working six days a week 14 hours a day and I when before we moved in together I said do not expect a cooked meal every night or a lot of the housework to get done until my one day off. And he had the, you know, the normal working hours week and then two days off. And um, so he was the one who would do all the housework and would make me a cup of tea and toast when I got <laughs> home at like 11.30 at night from cooking all day. But whereas now we're on the other side, whereas he's doing the six-day week with the more responsibility, the higher hours. So Sundays are our holy time as I suppose you'd call together so Saturdays I'd get all the housework done and stuff so that just we can hang out and have fun and just do whatever it is and hang out at home with the dogs or go and go out for lunch or whatever it may be so um, we'll always we we'll always support each other in our work life mm-hmm. together yeah it's an important partnership isn't it and particularly um uh you know getting that right and having that support and some of us don't have that so uh, you know, that makes life a little more difficult, especially if, 
one's cooking dinner or one's doing the housework and you're both working really, really long hours. Uh, I always recommend that if you have a daughter, maybe maybe one of their boyfriends should be in hospitality because then at least he might know how to wash a dish or maybe how to cook something just a little bit so that <laughs> he might be good around the house in some small way. Get them working. Get them working for yeah, you. Yeah, he'll know um, what a tea towel looks like and how to use it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I dare not ask my daughter's um, boyfriend to do that. I'm sure it'd just be a flat-out stare of, are you crazy? <laughs> Look, in, in having said that, and I, I almost forgot that you were this chef in a past life, um, which is an incredible transition in itself, Jerry. You know, if you think about that career and and a small business owner like yourself, so I know owner. how hard you work. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there's that too. There's been some significant transitions over the years, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're a really good candidate to talk about these, this topic. Most of them, you know, looking into the roles, they're, they're quite high stress zones too. Yes. What, do you, what, what kind of things did you do to manage your stress? Home is, and because my husband, when we met, we were both working in hospitality and he's also gravitates to that sort of high pressure type work as well. But so home for us is our sanctuary. We're not confrontational people by nature. We don't, we don't, we rarely argue with each other. Um, I don't even think I could count on one hand in over 20 years how many times we would have had an argument. We're not that type of people. Fantastic. We like, we like, we come home, we walk in the door, we like to, we may have a brief chat about work, but we like to let it go because work is home and work is home where you feel you can kick off your boots or your shoes and just have a glass of wine and just relax. Mm. And um, our dogs help with that. I think pets are great for that. Yeah. What <laughs> I, sort of dogs are they, Jerry? I've got two. Two rescue dogs yeah, and um, walking them walking them is quite meditative I won't listen to anything I don't even take my mobile phone we just walk together and they're smiling at you and it just takes you away from the whole of the rest of the world when you're there for 30 minutes with them mm. so yeah, um, and it is about putting those boundaries into place you know, because a lot of us can say that, um, mm. you know, look, I put my phone down for half an hour or I walk the dog and often we've got the phone in the back pocket or whatever. What made you just stop and go, no, no, actually this is my time? How did you get that boundary set? I think you need to just manage those expectations. So I've, a lot of EA colleagues I've had in the past will have their emails on their phones or whatever and there might only be an APS4, APS5. I've never, I've never done that. Oh, even no, okay. no, not until I'm asked because you need to know what your expectations are that they have of you, and if they've not asked you for that, don't put that added pressure on yourself. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There I is think no I need I've to. My job there, it. there are levels within this profession where you will need that. There are roles where, of course, you will need to be able to tap in twenty four seven, and that's okay. But if you're in those lower level jobs and that's not the expectation of your boss, then don't ask for it. Mm-hmm. If they want you to do it and they ask for ask it of you, of course that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if that's not their expectation, then don't get into the habit. I think we're so tapped into our phones anyway, regardless of whether they're work-related or not, just even in our personal life. God, how many how many emails do we all get in our own personal email that we have to keep going through and going, oh, delete, 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 and reading that, My you know, adding... Frankie Four Shoe articles. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to manage that yourself and, you know, just I we keep our phones 
plugged in to charge like away from the lounge room, you know, they're in another room and we don't have them there with us while we're sitting down watching telly or whatever after work. If we know maybe we're waiting for something, that's fine, but, you know, you'll you'll answer the text tomorrow if it's one of your friends or something or, mm. you know, just ma- manage those realistic expectations yourself and particularly in your role. If you, if you don't need that and it hasn't been asked of you, then don't ask for it yourself because it's just putting added pressure on and taking that work-life balance away from you. Yeah. Fabulous. And I really I really think that's very sound advice, Jerry. and I think we can all take a page out of Jerry's book in terms of making sure that we set those boundaries for ourselves. Jerry, two, maybe three things that you can think of giving our listeners today um, some advice on, on taking the step into trying something new or, 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 or getting out of, uh, their comfort zone, you know, if you've got any advice for them um, in taking that transition, particularly in different roles. We all have our colleagues, our EA friends that, that we may have known and I've, and I've got a couple of, that I've been in contact with and we've worked together in previous roles years ago. Have a sound check with with those people who work with you and, and they'll be that support and that guide to be able to maybe encourage you. Sometimes you know you're already, you're all, you are already ready to take the jump but sometimes you just need somebody else to go yeah of course why not I know you can do it of course you can do that you'd be great at that sometimes having that sense check either with your husband family member or somebody that you've worked with or even a former boss I have a couple of former bosses that are still my referees now and um, sometimes even having a chat to them if you have a good relationship can maybe give you that little bit of extra confidence to just go, yeah, of course, of course you can do that. I'll be there to support you. Mm. Have faith in yourself. As EAs, we get to do a lot of things and support a lot of people and are very reliable and um, that's something that's quite rare, I think, in in the world. Um, So value that and um, trust and believe in yourself. My dad always said you can do anything you want. You just have to learn how to do it and you just have to work hard and then you'll be okay. Yeah. So my dad always taught me that and so I've done many different things in my working life and mm. I've always thought back on what dad said and that, oh, well, yeah, I know how to do most of that and the rest of it, you know what, I'll work it out. Yeah. And if I need to do a course on something or learn how to do it, yeah, yeah, mm. I'll do it. And as EAs we work really hard and um, so, yeah, of course. That is fabulous. I will uh, wrap it up there, Jerry, and uh, thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, we can take the last sips of our wine now and, and, and look forward to the weekend that, um, that presents itself to us, which is lovely. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all your advice. And like Dad said, go for it. Exactly. So, well yeah. done. Thank okay. you.